least prepared episode since last week. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say like number 61. Yeah. <laughs> uh start. Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host... Bat Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, tell a friend, and speak in a very affected voice. It's definitely... What? I'm just going slow. Okay. I'm trying to kill time. <laughs> right from the start, I'm it, trying to kill time. It sounded affected. <laughs> I mean, you are affected in the head, so... Ah! I'll bite my thumb at thee, sir. Look at that. Classic Shakespearean insult. I was really I close it. to not actually doing it. Just look at you intently. <laughs> that <laughs> I would be my thumb. somehow more unsettling. Uh, yeah, no, check us out on everything we're on. Um, I, uh, I deactivated my personal uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now my only Twitter is our fa- is our actual Twitter. Yep. So go do the goddamn Twitter so it justifies me having Twitter. Wasting space on my phone, having Twitter. Just go do something on Twitter that interacts with us. Like, like one of my fucking tweets yep. or something. Hey, I- maybe, maybe we'll actually remember to start posting Twitter reviews. Oh, yeah. We were going to start doing that, weren't we? Yeah. Hey, maybe we'll do that the next two days. Yeah. We have two movies we're going to watch back-to-back. You guys are going to hear two cool. reviews back-to-back. Yep. It's great. You get all of us in our in your ears there. All of us in your in, in our in ears? our ears. I mean, Not we are in our ears. Technically. Anyway. Where was I going with that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Twitter. Do the things. Uh, yep. Matt, what have you been up to? Well, a variety of things, but we're recording a couple more episodes this weekend, so... I'm going to save some of them, but... Oh, yeah. Um, I finished the... Shit, I don't have nearly enough of what I've been up to. <laughs> That's okay. You've been busy, and I'll... I'll, I'll I Actually, I'll read a bunch today. There you go. Okay, yeah, there you go. Um, I finished uh, volume one of the Hellboy short stories. Hey! How'd it go? Uh, it, was, it was good. It's was um, it as good as the normal story? Uh, I don't think so, just because it doesn't have like the nice, coherent narrative arc, but oh, okay. some of the little one-off stories are really interesting and good. Good. Um... It was a fun one where he just like rescues a baby from some pixies and as, as he does, as he does, he just <laughs> he he sort of does good against all sorts of strange mythological creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been reading volume three of the regular story, and I'm not done yet, but I'm going to because I and I don't want to talk about it really because definitely things are going to happen at the end of this volume. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of like the arc coming to a head. So I'll save that for when I finish it, which will probably be later this weekend. Okay. Um, let's see. What else did I do? Uh, me and Hannah have been rewatching the Harry Potter movies. Oh. Yeah. Oh, why don't we do that before the Harry Potter episode? Because we didn't care. And it was just us talking about yeah. other stuff. Didn't and also matter. she wanted to watch, rewatch them, but not while she was in school and trying to focus on school stuff. So. Oh, she done? Yeah. She's been, she had her last oh, that's final right, her Wednesday last dead week. week. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, no, so yeah, we've gotten through the first three so far. Um, okay. they're good. They didn't hold up for me. Um, when's the last time you saw them? Uh, actually a couple years ago. We watched them over the summer. Um, would have been two summers ago. Okay. Um, yeah, no, the, like the first two are fun. Um, two drags a little bit. I think it's the longest movie despite being the second shortest book, mm-hmm. which y- you kind of feel, um, but it's, it's still solid. The third one is still one of the best in the series. Yeah. It starts out like the first half is 
really um, quirky and endearing, and uh, it's got a lot of the sort of fun, whimsical, playing with magic stuff that they do in the uh, first two, but then the second half, it gets a lot darker, Yeah, and um, it actually lets the characters do some character developing, which is fun. You mm-hmm. get to see them start to turn from the kids that they have been into the adults to punching Draco Malfoy in the face yes (laughs) (laughs) excellent scene (laughs) yeah I uh it's really disappointing that our copy like my family's copy got scratched oh no the third one so right about the time that uh Hermione is helping Sirius escape Mm -hmm. uh it skips like two scenes oh no yeah it's real bad Mm, oh no no it's not that no it goes from the hippogriff scene like Harry flying mm-hmm. to Harmony helping, it skips a lot. That's like two thirds of the movie. <laughs> so it, it skips unless like so you can go like when you get to that point, it skips all that. Uh-huh. It does some weird giant skip, but you can go back to the like scene selection and choose the next scene after Hippogriff uh-huh. and watch from there. Okay, so it's not like all of that movie's missing. Mm-hmm. It's just you can't watch the second half of that or like the end of that scene. Okay, it's crazy though. Yep. It's really annoying. That's yeah. It actually I think that is not actually I think it's one of my least favorite epi- or, uh movies mm-hmm. purely because of that. Okay. Like my almost my entire life I've had to deal with that bullshit mm-hmm. happening. What happens at the end of that scene? He, uh, he lands and he's just like he lands that was and then neat. Draco elbows everyone out of the way to go up to Buckbeak while oh, Hagrid's Buckbeak, off congratulating like, and Buckbeak him in the like, arm. hits him in the arm. And he's like oh, He's like Joffreying it. Yep, he Joffreys it up a little bit, and uh, Hagrid takes him off to the hospital. Yep. Um, then the next scene opens with him at breakfast, being like, "Yeah, oh yeah," and he's like bragging about off. how the thing like murdered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Milking it for all it's worth. Yep. Um, okay, so I, I have seen. The, I mean, I have seen those movies. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. So I'm familiar with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, also, did you know the Chamber of Secrets has a post credit scene? Are you fucking kidding me? No. No, what? Yeah. No way. Yeah. You're bullshitting. No. What is it? True story. It's like it's like one shot in Diagon Alley and it like goes up to a window and there's a like a poster that says, Who am I? And then it's got a picture of Gilderoy Lockhart looking very confused. That is so weird. What does that mean? Well he's the guy who like did the memory charm and it backfired and he forgot who he was. Oh Gilderoy Lockhart, right, yeah. yes. Oh, is it him? Yeah. Oh, it's not just a picture of him? No, it is, like... it is just a picture of him. Oh. It's like, I think it's supposed to be like a book poster, but it's kind of hard to tell. That is hilarious. Yeah. That is fucking hilarious. I need to, I need, I'm going to look this up. <laughs> yeah, look this up. All right. I just, I thought Iron Man was the first one to do it, but nope. Chamber of Secrets post credit scene. This is amazing. Yep. It's like 20 seconds. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to color commentary it. Okay. So it's like kind of descending down into a uh, pretty populated and uh well traversed uh, diagon alley and there is a moving picture of Gilderoy Lockhart with a broken oh no, in a stray jacket going like huh, 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 huh? and it's like who am I? Gilderoy Lockhart. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is glorious. Yeah. All right. Yep. Uh is that all you've been up to? Well, um, a third of what you've been up to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I also watched uh, Outlaw King on Netflix. Oh, with, uh, with, uh, with, uh, with Chris uh, Pine. Pine. Pine Chris. Yeah. And his Chris Penis. Wait, was it? Oh, yeah. 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 You finally get the satisfaction after your little blue balls in, in uh, Wonder Woman. Right. Where, like, you get a little, you're like, 
yeah. and then they like tank it away from you and you're like yeah, no got to keep it PG-13 yeah yeah one of the best one, like I think one of my favorite scenes in that movie I need to go back and watch Wonder Woman, yeah. Wonder Woman again it's been, yeah. I, haven't least, I haven't seen that movie twice yep I've seen Justice League and twice and Batman vs. Superman three times but I haven't seen the best DC movie so far twice it's disappointing. That's ridiculous. Should, we need to rewatch that. Yeah. I need to go buy it. Like I feel like I need to support it enough yeah, to it go buy it. All right. Yeah. Uh, so I are you going to let me talk about outlooking? Oh shit! <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> go for it. Nicely done. Um, it's okay. Uh, the action is really good. Like medieval swords and smashing each other. Um, and it gets really bloody and gritty and they fight in the mud a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of the movie feels like an entire season of Game of Thrones that they tried to smush into a two hour movie. Uh-huh. And so there's no character development and the plot moves way too fast for the story it's trying to tell. Uh-huh. And it's kind of unsatisfying, but it's all in service of some really excellent battle scenes. So I'm kind of okay with it. Okay. Not terrible. Yeah. Is it worth watching? Um, put it on in the background, and then when they get to a fight scene, watch the fight scene. Okay. Um, also, it's the first time where I've ever been dissatisfied with a long take. Because it opens with like a pretty technically impressive long take of like going around this camp as all the Scottish lords swear fealty to King Edward. Uh-huh. Um, who, played by Stannis, actually. No way! Yeah. Hey, it's the first time he has a lot of people swearing loyal- loyalty to him. Oh, exactly. what a day! <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like it pans around the camp, and then it comes out, and uh, Chris Pine's character, Robert the Bruce, for those who know mm-hmm. anything about history, um, has a like a sort of a mock sword fight with someone, and then it goes, and there's a catapult, and they throw a fiery catapult projectile at a castle. And it's all very technically impressive, but it actually kind of diminishes the effect of the scene Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of storytelling that i think could have been told with some editing um but instead it's kind of has to rely on too many characters performances at once yeah in a scene where they need to do a lot of exposition without actually expositing a lot okay and so it felt more like the director is like yeah people like long takes i'm gonna show off with this Hmm. so yeah don't oversaturate the market of long takes. Yeah. Do a long take only if it's necessary. Yep. I would probably definitely be a person who would oversaturate a long take. Like, oh, yeah. I just... just do it for the heck of doing it. Yeah. All right. Okay. That... That's everything I'll talk about on this one. Okay. Uh, I just finished uh, Batwoman, mm-hmm. which is... It just continued to be awesome. Uh the third volume, uh, World's Finest, it is her and Wonder Woman. So you got like kind of the female Batwoman and mm-hmm. uh, or female Batman and Superman, mm-hmm. uh, but awesome as well. And it it does a really cool job of accenting both of their like what makes them awesome mm-hmm. uh, because it does both of their inner monologues yeah. throughout the throughout kind of the whole thing. Uh, it continues the different art styles mm-hmm. that it does. Like everyone's got a different art style, and it does each person in the, in its own art style. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got like Batwoman is t- like all of Batwoman's inner mo- inner monologues are all about how she's like terrified of like trying to show fear or like uh, any second guess, and like all she can do, all she can seem to do is point out the obvious, and 
she's like way out of her league because Wonder Woman is like doing her stuff. Mm-hmm. And Wonder Woman's is like, I am terrified. I don't know how Batwoman can keep herself so like brave and stuff like this. And it just, both of them think the other one is flawless, uh-huh. but they both have their flaws and it like accents both their flaws and their just insane superiority over normal humans. I like that. It um, humanizes him while still making him superhuman. Yeah, exactly. It's, That's great. it's really cool how they do that. Uh, the very last panel of the ones that I have of volume three mm-hmm. is Batwoman proposing to Maggie mm-hmm. uh, in her Batwoman costume, which is, I'm assuming, the very beginning panel of volume four, which I'll get at some point in 2019. <laughs> will be, <laughs> well, it's also not that far away. That's 17 days away. It's true. Um, I'm assuming the very first few panels are going to be like, oh, hey, it's also, it's me. I'm not just Batwoman randomly proposing to you. <laughs> uh, but no, it's really cool. Uh, it re- reveals who the next villain's going to be at the very end. Yep. I like when they do epilogues at the end of prolonged stories where it's just like, look, look what's next. Hellboy uh, does then, that. Huh? Hellboy does that. Does it? Yeah. Nice. Or it's like just a bunch of evil creatures talking amongst themselves about how much they hate Hellboy. That's kind of how this that one too. went. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, it's really good. Again, I mean, I I used this one last time, but I don't give a shit because, you know, it's finals week. I've been spending all of my time doing finals. Yeah. Uh, uh I, I highly recommend it. It's one of the most underrated uh, comics of New 52. Like, I have explicitly talked about how, like, Aquaman and Batman are, like, the standout ones. Mm-hmm. Batwoman is one that I have completely forgotten about. And it does not deserve to be forgotten. Okay. Go read it. If you like Powerful Woman and you like awesome comics, go read Batwoman. She's got an oddly shaped body at some points. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's got some... It's it's it. I think of all of the New 52 that I have read, of all the comics really that I've read, it has some of the best character development stuff. Like, the most natural feeling character development okay uh be it inner monologue or someone else talking about someone or just showing them develop it's really mm-hmm. good i like it a lot okay so that i think is all i've been up to oh, oh okay i'm trying to think i'm not going to strain myself on thinking because if i think of anything else i might save it i might as well save it for the That's next true we got two next more of these. episode we're doing tomorrow morning tonight yep which is also going to be released like two weeks from now, and then we're going to later record. Oh my the god, next our next one. episode! Oh my god! So just a you know a little bit of a behind the scenes here. It's currently ten o'clock in the morning. Yep. Uh, I had just taken my last final. I just got out of bed. I just got out of bed. I finished half of a coffee, so I'm pretty tired. Um, we're going to be doing shit. We're watching the Spider-Man spider into the spider verse today because I couldn't do it yesterday when it came out because I had an eight a.m. final today. Right. Uh, we're going to record that review, get it out today. Uh, watch a bunch of Game of Thrones with our friend Tiercy, mm-hmm. who we are helping her catch up. Mm-hmm. And then at three in the morning, or like give or take, yeah. really early in the morning, we are going to come out here and record our year in review because we decided that that is going to be a tradition. <laughs> yeah, if that, you remember last year's disaster. <laughs> yeah, after we recorded our uh, Star Wars review last right. year, we decided to record that because I was going out of town. Or we both were. I think we both were. Yeah. yeah so we couldn't. We had to record it then, and we were fucking sleep-deprived. 
And the standout line for me of that entire thing is, this is a water bottle. Why is that funny? I don't know anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll probably get some more of that where it's just insane lunacy and we're going to try to talk about what our favorite movies throughout the year was. Yep. Um, And then tomorrow we're going to go see Aquaman and then record that review. Yep. And then probably also record our Christmas episode, our Christmas special. Yep. Woof. Yep. Ending this week on a, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Good thing I don't have school to worry about anymore. Yep. Or work. Yep. I'm pretty stressed for you right now. Good. Except not. not My good. hair is all gone. <laughs> <laughs> all right. News. News. What has happened in the world of pop culture, well, Matthew? What the fuck? We got that full trailer, the full two-second trailer for Godzilla King of Monsters. I can words. <laughs> I know how. <laughs> whole two second trailer <laughs> no we got the the whole second trailer trailer number go. two of godzilla <laughs> king of monsters <laughs> uh it looks great because the plot looks like it's gonna be nothing interesting yep but no one gives a shit because you get to see rodan Ghidorah, godzilla and mothra just duke it out yep and it's i am so excited Uh, yeah (laughs) this is a franchise that finally deserves to have the amount of money that they're throwing at this one yeah Uh, i'm guessing something like 200 million thrown at this yeah the special effects don't even look that bad no they look good i think it's partially just the fact that they're so big that you can just masquerade all of like the bad cgi by the fact you can't see them past see them past the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like in order to get them all in the picture, you need to be in the other hemisphere. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. I, looks. It looks absolutely balls to the wall. Every time I watch something new for this movie, I go back and forth on how I feel about it. And I think the first time I watched this trailer, I was like on a downswing where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's just going to be kind of CGI punch fest. Yeah. Um, but then I watched it again and I was like, oh, this is going to be great. It's CGI punch fest. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Yeah. Like, it just, it's actually interesting because they're doing just the giant CGI everything's in the world now punch fest on movie three. Two. Well, King Kong sort of. See, that's the thing. Like, it's, it's kind of a loosely joined universe because. Right. This is for certain the Godzilla 2014 yes. world. It is kind of the King Kong, like the Kong Skull Island movie, except the new Kong is going to be a lot bigger. He's going to have grown or something. I'm got not older. sure. Yeah. I, I, got, I think I heard something like that. So what it's, it's like movie three, two or three. Mm-hmm. And they're introducing the other three antagonists and yeah. just having a punch fest. Yeah. And then they're going to go from there. I'm interested to see how they end this movie without yep. just like, putting them back to sleep right there's got to be some sort of like dimensional travel or something that can like yeah. hold off the other ones hold off like Ghidorah and rodan while a rodan is it rodan or rodan rodan i don't know uh, a hold off rodan and Ghidorah while they fight mothra or mothra is a good guy kind of as good a guy as godzilla is i think I'm pretty certain he started as a bad guy, but like after like the that that whole mythology is so yeah. twisted that they can. We need to do an episode on that. Oh, that means we have to watch a bunch of those. I am absolutely down for that. <laughs> I have seen the original Mothra. Okay, it's not good. Yeah, well, 
I mean, I wasn't expecting it to be so. Yeah. I'm probably just going to... We should we should just do an episode on that where we just read everything online and then act like we've seen them all. Huh. Sounds like what this episode's going to be a lot of like. Yeah. Like, Yay! <laughs> Preston didn't have time to read Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> I read some of it. Yep. Uh, what's next? Um, We got a trailer for season three, the final season of a series of unfortunate events. Oh. I had honestly not really realized that season two came out <laughs> yeah it came out like i don't know march something oh, like that. well i don't pay attention yeah. to that <laughs> season three drops drops january 1st yeah. um i'm excited i like the first two seasons quite a bit um it looks pretty insane which is good because the last few books kind of escalate things and it gets very strange hmm. so does it get unfortunate yeah does it become serial are they, in fact, events? <laughs> <laughs> One would hope. One would hope. All right. What's next? Uh, oh, well, I mean, do you have anything else to say about that? Not really. Okay. I'm excited to see it. I have no investment in that whatsoever. Okay. Uh, there was a trailer for Brightburn. Did you see that? I think I saw it, but it kind of just, like, went both under my radar and just over my head. Okay. Because, like, I wasn't really... I remember hearing something that it's connected to something that I do know. It's basically a retelling of the Superman origin, but as a horror story. Interesting. Yeah. So, like, a kid discovers he has massive powers, and one of he goes nuts and tries to kill people. Okay. Do we know if he tries to become a dictator or he just wants to kill everybody? We don't know a whole lot. He just puts on a scary mask and does some horror movie stuff. That's all we see from the trailer. Oh, uh, okay. Because I was thinking, like, they could go with the original Superman. Mm-hmm. That, like, for people who don't know, the original... Like, <laughs> I have this fantasy in my head that we go to a trivia night. Also, fun fact, we haven't told you this. I'm just going to put this out there. We went to trivia night in uh, at McNally's uh-huh. on Tuesday. And since you weren't there, we made our name. We forgot our smart guy. <laughs> We were in second place for the first round, and then we plummeted. I'm flattered. (laughs) But, uh, no, like, I have this fantasy at Trivia Nights where they're going to ask, like, what year did Superman first appear? And people will say 1939, but I'll say 1938, because his actual first appearance was in a short film about a superpowered dictator in, uh, or not short film, short story about a superpowered dictator in 1938, written by Bob Schuster, or Bill Schuster and Bob Kane. No. (laughs) Bah! Not them. Not them. (laughs) Bob, uh, Joe Schuster and... Uh, oh my god, how am I forgetting it? Oh. This is embarrassing. I'm going to let you suffer. Not that I remember. Schuster and... Oh, this is embarrassing. It's Bill Finger and Bob Kane. Yep. Then it's Joe Schuster and... God damn it. It's going to come to you halfway through the It episode. is, and I'm yeah. just going to scream it out. And it's going to be, it's going to have no consequences on life. Yep. Um, okay. So yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. It's I'll also, probably... it's also produced by James Gunn. Okay. Um, he's not actually directing, but it's a guy who, I don't remember the name, um, but it's a guy who's worked under the guns before, mm-hmm. worked with them. Um, and I'm glad to see that they're unafraid to slap James Gunn's name on something. Yeah. Probably actually a smart marketing strategy. Yeah people most people came out in support of james gunn when that whole nonsense happened and so be like yeah james gunn's sort of doing a movie and 
the average person's not going to know the difference between a producer and a director and stuff. Yeah, no, everything really. everything is referring to it as like a horror twist on. No, I have an ad block for a reason. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, um, I think it looks interesting. Um, it remains to be seen how exactly they'll pull all this off, but I think it's an interesting concept at least, and there's a lot of talented minds involved. Yeah. So I'm optimistic. All right. I might see it just because it's a twist on. See, like I feel like someone heard our talk about like do a aqua or do a uh, Batman horror movie, mm-hmm. but like misheard it. And is now doing a Superman horror movie. We're like, wait, wait, no, what? <laughs> well, oh, uh, speaking of Batman horror, did you see that James Wan was saying that he wanted to do and I think pitched a Batman horror no, movie? No, did you see the rest of that? No. So he made a comment about like uh, doing a Batman horror movie. And then people asked, like, hey, do you like actually want to do it? And he's like, no, it was a fucking offhand comment. There, it was mm-hmm. impulsive. Don't, don't read into that. Okay. So he like said that. It was kind of like he would have done it if they asked him to, but it's not something he really, like, wants to do. Mm -hmm. It was like an offhand answer to a a question in an interview that he pretty much shot down, like, two days later. Okay. So, yes, I did hear about that, but I also heard the rest of it, which (laughs) was a little disappointing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because that would be phenomenal. Because James Wan did, uh, he did some of the best horror movies recently. Mm. What has he done? He did. He did Saw. That was kind of his coming out party. Yeah. Um. He did Conjuring. I think both first and the second one. Uh huh. Um. I think the Conjuring is the one I thought of. Oh, yeah. oh, I'm thinking of uh the Pony Smasher. Damn it! What's this? David F. Sandberg did uh, Annabelle. Uh yeah, yeah, which is part of that cinematic universe. Yeah, Conjuring is. It's a good hour and a half horror movie smashed onto a uh, extra half hour of setting up a cinematic universe. Ah, uh, so it's not great. Isn't the its... nun in the Conjuring universe? Yep. Yeah, so that's probably that. Yeah, there's the that. nun, and they spend a lot of time on Annabelle. Oh, is Annabelle in the Conjuring? Yeah. Oh, okay. And like setting up a whole bunch of characters and plot threads that don't really go anywhere, but the we actual to... core story is good. Based on how Aquaman goes, we should do an episode on how horror and comedy seem to have a lot of overlap. Okay. Because we've got uh, Jim, uh, not Jim, John Krasinski, Mm -hmm. James Wan, David F. Sandberg, all Mm -hmm. taking from history or from either comedy or horror background and doing something the opposite. Mm -hmm. They seem to have overlap. Why do those seem to do well? Okay. That's got some interesting... Yeah. And, and uh, 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 how did I fucking forget goddamn Oscar-winning... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Jordan Peele. Yeah, Jordan Peele. Yeah. Like, new new uh, poster drop yes! for new movie, which that looks creepy as balls. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> but yeah, no, we should do an episode on that. There yeah. seems to be a lot of overlap between the two of those. Okay. So. Maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do that as like a thing for when James Us Gunn. comes out. James Gunn's pretty comedy, and he's now mm-hmm. doing producing a horror movie. Yeah. It's not directing or writing, but something... Yeah. We'll do something. Uh, so yeah, what's next? Uh, they released the episode titles for Stranger Things season three, <gasps> which I wouldn't oh, comment those, on. That's what those were. Yeah. Oh shit. I wouldn't. I wouldn't comment on that. But it's like basically playing those over the intro sequences enough to get fans hyped. Oh yeah, I so got so hyped. goddamn hyped. Just uh, listening to the music man, got me hyped. Chills. <laughs> I know. I'm so ready. Ah uh, yeah. I'm so, so fucking ready. <laughs> yep. So I think it's coming in the. We don't know, do we? It just says 2019. 2019. 
I would assume summer because it's set in the summer and the first season came out over the summer. Um, but not sure. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Uh, let's see. Uh, a couple of little things. Uh, Victor Zaz is going to be in Birds of Prey. That's a reaction. It's less of a face about that and more of a face that it reminded me of something else that was released this week. Oh. Well, what else was released this week? Just make a guess. Um, like, make a guess reg- about what it's regarding. This week in DC movies that are never going to get made? No. What's something that gets me real fucking riled up oh, every single week? Right. The CW. So they announced <laughs> in their high and mighty... Oh, we are the best DC of the world. That they're doing Crisis on Infinite Earths. <laughs> Which, for people who have listened to past episodes, I have been wanting to be done because it's my favorite storyline of all time. I just... I want to walk into the CW uh, headquarters and push people off the third floor. I want them to possibly survive, but not be okay. (laughs) Well. (laughs) They can't. I'm sorry to just, like, talk over the Zaz thing. Because it's along the same thing that, like, the Fox world isn't really that fantastic either. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay. It's more passable than CW stuff. But, like, they have Zaz. Mm -hmm. Like, they've got Zaz and Gotham doing Zaz and Birds of Prey. Also, isn't Black Mask... Yeah, he's, he's the main villain. Okay, which makes sense, because Zaz isn't really, like, a main villain main villain. He's more, like, a, a side kind of main villain. Right. Like, he, like Killer Croc isn't really either, like, yeah. a big villain. You get, like, your Scarecrow, Penguin, Joker. They're the ones that are the big ones. The yeah. ones who control the, the yeah. people. I could I could see Zaz being, like, the cold open. He's the villain for the first 15 minutes while we set up the team or something. Yeah. Um, but back to the Christ on Infinite Earths. <laughs> so they seem to think that they could do Christ on Infinite Earths with who they have. They cannot. The only per, the only two people. Okay, the only. Th- well, now I'm thinking like they have a lot of fucking side characters that are more important than they've made it in CW. Like, all right. First of all, Supergirl is their most like f- favorited character. Mm-hmm. Super the the cover. The poster of Crisis on Infinite Earths is Supergirl dead. One of the most pivotal moments of Crisis on Infinite Earths is Supergirl sacrificing her life to give time for the other heroes to finally win. Okay. Over, like, the course of the, literally, from the beginning of time to the end of time conflict, she sacrifices herself to weaken Anti-Monitor enough, which I'll get to, Anti-Monitor enough to allow them to win. She's going to die. There is no way the CW would remotely sacrifice their favorite character yeah. to stick to that. Because, like, it's not like, oh, be a bad business move. It's like they're stupid enough that they wouldn't do what's in the story yeah. because they want to keep making money off of that. Yep. They'd find someone else. They would find somebody. Yeah. I don't think they would even find someone. I don't think they would do it. So I mentioned the anti-monitor. They don't have an anti-monitor cast. They have a monitor cast. Mm-hmm. In the context of the world, Anti-Monitor came first. Mm-hmm. The way that this happens is Krona, who's one of the guardians of the uh, one of the guardians of the universe, the little blue guys, mm-hmm. 
wanted to find out what the origin of the universe was. So he goes back, looks at the beginning of the universe, and in so cre- in doing so, creates the entire... Also, they don't have a corona. Uh, mm. So there's the second fucking most important character yep. of the entire story. They don't have cast. Uh, in doing so, he creates the anti-universe and at the same time the anti-monitor. To counter the anti-monitor, they, they copy him and make the monitor, who's the monitor of the main mm-hmm. universe, and they fight for like a million years and fight until a coma, and then a big fucking thing happens. Uh, I'm trying to remember what actually happens. I have to go back and read it. Something happens that wakes them both up. Okay. And like, so they don't have them cast. They don't have uh, Alexander Luthor cast, who is the Lex Luthor from Earth 3. Mm-hmm. It's just, they're going to do it in name only, which I'm sure they're doing to get, potentially get the fans of DC, DC back. Like me. <laughs> they're like, hey, look, we're doing Crescent Heaven Earths. But like, they're going to butcher it. So the people who aren't the fans of, like, DC Comics are going to watch this and go, cool, that's what happens on Crisis on Infinite Earths. So when, in my fantasy world, when the movies do well for a long time and get to the point where they can do Christ on Infinite Earths, people will go, no, we already did that in the TV show, despite the fact that what they think is it is was way wrong. Yeah. So they can't do it in the movies. So CW, in their fucking everything bad about a TV show world, (laughs) is in essence ruining any opportunity for a great adaptation of Christ on Infinite Earths. Yep. Because they just want to do everything that is, that they, they just want to take all these names and put them in there. Yeah. Fuck the CW. God, I hate them. <sighs> okay, moving on. Wow. What what time are we at? We're at a 33 minutes. Okay. Last thing. Scott Derrickson is apparently coming back to direct Doctor Strange 2. <sighs> Guys, stop. <laughs> God, you're ruining the end of Avengers 4. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. Yep. Whatever. Ah, well. Our theory is just fucking shot at this point. Uh, I'm still kind of holding out an irrational sliver of hope, but a sliver of hope do that like weird. all of this that they're doing is just massive. Yeah. Wait, aren't we supposed to get like a Spider-Man theory or Spider-Man trailer this week or something or next week? Uh, yeah, sometime soon. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yep. All right. So this episode, what are we talking about? Aquaman. Aquaman, you mean? Aquaman. We're going to talk about some Aquaman. Okay. So, what do you know about the Aquaman, Matt? Uh, he can talk to fish. Fun fact, that only happens in the Golden Age. Oh. That is a flawless se- segue into actually like how I have my notes written out. Way to call so, attention to the flawless segue. Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman has... I'm going to... I'm done with that. Yep. I, I wanted to stick with that the whole thing, but I'm tired of it. Yep. Aquaman has had one of the most like diverse story like origin changes uh over his years uh so in the golden age which was like his first appearance to about 1953 uh so his whole thing was that his mother he he was just a guy uh he was just a kid was born of a mom and a dad Mm -hmm. uh and the mom died and the dad 
was an explorer who made it his mission to find Atlantis. He found Atlantis, and then they lived there in, like, uh, some weird kind of building that allowed Arthur to, uh, Aquaman, to develop the ability to thrive underwater. Real, co- real comic that's, booky. That's Golden real, Age comics real right pe- there. Real pre-1940 or 53 comics. Yep. Uh, and that actually, his powers actually did consist of being able to speak to fish in their language. Okay. Which I'm sure in 1945, 1947, they didn't really know that, actually 1947, I believe. Why don't I know his first appearance? This is obscene. Aquaman. How dare you? I thought you were at least a quarter of the way prepared yeah, for no, this. Yeah, no, so I am not prepared for this at all. <laughs> I'm gonna, you're gonna ask me so many questions and I'm not gonna know anything. 1941, really? Oh. He was that soon. I knew it was more fun comics. I should have mentioned that, so I yeah. at least seemed smart. Um, but yeah, no, so he, he could talk to fish. In the Silver Age, they change his origin to where he is the son of Lighthouse Keeper Tom mm-hmm. Curry and Queen of Atlantis Atlana. That sounds familiar from the trailers for the movie. Sounds very familiar. Will not be familiar for very long. And then we'll be familiar again because it's ridiculous. Right. Uh, he was born of them and his powers changed from being able to talk to fish to being able to telepathically communicate with fish. Okay. That one makes a little more sense. Right. What becomes a little less sense is the fact that he needs to touch water once every hour. Still weird. Still, still kind of weird. So still he's like a, essentially just a fish now. He's a yeah. fish man, not a not a person that can survive in both land and water. Right. Um, Orm was his half brother on his dad's side. Okay. Which is different okay. because fucking hair. Uh, <laughs> uh, later he becomes Orm is Ocean Master. Right. And I'll get to more of that later. Uh, he was the younger brother. Currently on his mom's side, mm-hmm. who like he had the he had controlled the throne and blah 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 blah. I'm just reading my notes, guys. This is such a bad episode, Matt. I'm expecting you're going to ask me questions and actually spur yeah, interesting well, conversation. Right, I'm, I'm just going to want to hear about these different origins. Okay, sounds like it's a mess. In the modern age, uh, they changed his name to Orin okay. rather than Orm. Uh, he was born of Atlana and Atlan. Okay. Who were, who, Atlan was a wizard. Oh, God. Now I'm actually trying to remember what I read in Peter David. Woo! This isn't in my notes. This is going from memory. Hey, I actually know something. Atlan was an Atlantean wizard and Atlana was the queen. Um, they didn't change his name back to Arthur until Brightest Day, which was 2000. Oh, wait, no. Oh, God. That was like 2009, 2010. Yeah, that was recent. Yeah. Because it was right before Flashpoint. So I'd say 2010. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so beginning of modern age, 1985 to 2010, 35 years of his name was actually Orrin. Interesting. So a pretty decent chunk of his actual history is not named Arthur Curry. Very interesting. Uh, so that's one of those fun little facts. Uh, they changed it back in Brightest Day where they like reveal is like, oh, you actually are the son of Tom and Atlana, which is now the current continuity. Right. As far as I've read, I don't know. We've had fucking... Seven more years of stuff happen without yeah. me noticing, without me reading it. True. So they could very well may 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 very well may have possibly changed this. Mm-hmm. So the enemies. This is just such a straight reading my notes. Well, episode. Okay, let me, let me jump in. So they give him all these 
different origins. Do you suppose it's because it's like fundamentally kind of a silly character and they were struggling to find a way to tell a good story with him? So that's actually one of like the really kind of fascinating things about him is that he was never really a comical weird character. Mm-hmm. He was, it was more fun comics. He was like a little kind of quirky, but like he had some really interesting characters. It was uh super friends that did that to him. Uh, that show in like 1960, 1970 something. Yeah. That like made him like, I can talk to whales guys. Whales. <laughs> uh, so like also whales are mammals. So actually, I think there was a, there's a point where he couldn't talk to whales or dolphins because they weren't actually fish. Oh. Um, but that went away very quickly because some of his best friend were fish or were dolphins. Ah. Uh, there's actually a point where uh, he was raised by dolphins. Yeah. Oh, uh, he... There was a point. Why don't I have this in here? There was a point where, like, his... He, his dad died when he was young and he was just like this young kid that had to fend for himself and was like raised in the ocean. Okay. I can't remember which origin that is. That's, um, but like very like, isn't dances with wolves where he gets raised by wolves or something? Uh, not that one, I think, but there are several people getting raised raised by by wolves stories out there. So like, it's kind of like that. Uh, and I think his, I mean, jungle book. Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, I think the two dolphins that I'm thinking of that happen in the, or that are in the Peter David, like I'm mix mashing, mish mashing everything. Wow, guys, I got up at six o'clock today, took a linear algebra exam. I'm not all here. <laughs> Just imagine this, but like, oh God, 12, but like 17 hours of being awake and doing shit. This is going to be great. Oh, that episode's going to be a monstrosity. <laughs> Um, yeah, the two dolphins, I think, raised him because they're like his parents in the Peter David run, mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing. Uh, so like he had this kind of, um, stigma of being this like clean cut, I'm a goofball, like my powers are garbage. I can just talk to fish. I can do nothing. Right. S- but Peter David in 1914, uh, 1914, 1994, <laughs> uh, Pre-1994, he had gone, he had exiled himself because throne conflicts with Orm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when you finally see him again, he has the long hair and beard and Aqualad is like saying, hey, you need to come and like help shit out. And he's like, no. And he's like, fucking yes. And with comic logic, he's like, all right. Uh, and then, so he became a really disgruntled person. Like they accented the fact that he was just a disgruntled person. Okay. Um, but then the new 52 kind of takes a combination of the two of those to where he's not really disgruntled, but he is very powerful Mm -hmm. and demands respect. Okay. Uh, he does not allow himself to be made fun of for being the butt of people's jokes. Mm hmm. Uh, one of the first panels you get in the Aquaman New 52 is like, and I've talked about this multiple times, where a reporter's coming up. It's like, how do you, or no, a guy just like turns around and talks to him after he orders fish and chips. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can't eat fish. You talk to fish. He's like, I don't talk to fish. I psychologically push them. Mm-hmm. But just, that makes the makes, most sense. Makes more sense when you think about how fish 
instinct. Everything's quote instinctual. So he puts right. he puts in their brain an instinctual thing to do. Right. And uh, and I think what they're going to do in the movie is attached to that where uh, I believe it started in the 90s and currently that the fish also just have an instinctual desire to protect him. Okay. Um, so that scene where they push him into the fish tank and all oh, the yeah. fish surround him, it's that instinctual need to protect him. Okay. Um. I think I've talked about that before. Uh, where was I going? Shit. Oh, yeah. But this guy's like, how does it feel to be the butt of every joke? And he just, like, turns his pendant into, like, a three times larger pendant. And just, like, shing! And the guy's just like, oh, I'll shut up. <laughs> um, okay. And there's, like, points where he he does something to defend a dock. And the cops are all like... Hey, it's Aquaman. Why don't you talk to fish? He's like, I don't fucking have time for this. And then just like jumps off and they're like, do you even have super strength or something? And then he like lifts a fucking boat and <laughs> like it just, he doesn't, I, I really like this about the new 52 and I think possibly through rebirth, uh, that he just doesn't care what people think okay. because it's not his job to be the face of humanity and like be up there. Mm-hmm. It's his job to protect the surface world from the shit in the sea and the sea from the shit in the surface world. Mm-hmm. That's just his job. He doesn't care what people think about him. Okay. He's doing his job. I like that interpretation. I really do. It's yeah. uh, as well. It, it's it's very good at like, it stops him from having to, and, and that and that all comes to a head in the Throne of Atlantis storyline where mm-hmm. uh, Orm makes the surface attack the sea. So it gives him a reason to attack the surface with the full force of the Atlanteans. Uh-huh. And Aquaman's like, like the Justice League, we gotta fight him, we gotta fucking kill him, they gotta stop the entire sea. And Aquaman's like, fucking wait, guys. And they're like, no. And he's like, all right, and just beats the shit out of everyone. <laughs> it's it's actually phenomenal. I, I really want to go back and read that again. That like, I'm pretty sure he just beats the shit out of the entire Justice League while keeping Orm grounded. Okay, it's great. <laughs> um, so do you think this movie then is a, will be a good opportunity there for them to? get rid of that stigma that he's had for future generations. See, I think they're kind of taking a, a middle ground almost. Cause okay. from what I've seen, this isn't an Aquaman that doesn't care what people think. This is an Aquaman that doesn't want to be involved. Okay. Um, which is very different from the comics. Like mm-hmm. Aquaman, he has this sense of honor and his sense of duty and he's going to do what he needs to do regardless of what people say. Um, this Aquaman, like at least that we've seen through justice league he doesn't really care. He's like, I'm just going to go back into the water via this terrible green screen. Yep. Um, and then his only sense of like saving thing. What was it? What was the, uh, convincing factor that made him end up fighting with them? Was that he just showed up and they're like, all right, did you ever give a reason? Probably was, but I didn't register enough with me to stick. Yeah. So, um, but from this movie, what I'm guessing is going to happen is that Orm is doing some shit. Mara comes to him and goes like, look, you're the actual heir to the throne because you are both actually like just only half sons of Atlanta. So you guys are equally, you're just older. Mm-hmm. So you need to come do this shit. However, Orm's already got the full power of the Atlantean force. Mm-hmm. We need to go on a little quest and find the trident so that you can like prove to the Atlanteans that you're the king. And he's just like, Oh, no. Well, okay. So I think he kind of does attach to that from what I've seen. Like there's a thing where 
I really like this line. I'm, I can't wait for it. Where she's like, "If you're the if you're the heir to the throne, we're doomed." <laughs> like just him being goofy. So yeah. I think they're going to allow Jason Momoa to be Jason Momoa, okay. where he's pretty goofy. Because have you seen like what he does in real life? He's just like a big puppy dog. He's a big puppy dog. Like he is not Khal Drogo at all. So everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, Khal Drogo is Aquaman. He's gonna murder everyone." It's like, no, dude. he's gonna be Jason Momoa over yeah. Khal Drogo. Uh, I think they're going to go a little more with the goofiness, but like accent the fact that he is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jason Momoa, like he's goofy, but he's a cool dude. Yeah. So, so I think having someone who's as attractive and ripped and like, and I think putting him in the situation where he's as powerful as he is in as, and I'm going to use this term literally, not how the world uses it as fantastically as the atmosphere is for him mm-hmm. like putting him in these like epic battles like this right. huge conflict and making him the center and like the top of it mm-hmm. will make aquaman seem like less of like the butt of the joke and more okay. of the you know the fucking king of atlantis yeah um and putting all these seven kingdoms and stuff under the uh, under the water uh and making atlantis the king of that makes it seem like more more than he's just the king of this one city underwater and he talks to fish. Mm-hmm. It's more that he's actually like, there's as much under the water as there is, as there is on the surface mm-hmm. and he's the ruler of it all. <laughs> okay. So I think they're going to allow for the goofiness, but do that to where he was more powerful. Okay. That's good. All right. What Dang about bullshitting? What about this rogues gallery that you're mentioning? So we know ocean master. Yep. Ocean master is his younger brother who, in the first origin, he's the younger brother on his dad's side, so he's, like, fully human, uh, is just pretty jealous of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, in later continuity, he's the younger brother on Lana's side, and he claims the throne, but then, like, just it's just a straight-up, like, battle for the throne kind of thing where mm-hmm. he hates him. Uh, just a really decent, like, younger sibling hatred for an older sibling. Okay. You really don't need much more than that. Yeah. You really don't get much more than that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, then there's Black Manta, who is my favorite villain. He's probably the iconic one. Yeah. Uh, there are multiple origins for him. Okay. Uh, the first of which is he's standing on a boat, being attacked, I believe, by pirates, and Aquaman's around doing shit, and he's like calling for help, but doesn't hear. Aquaman doesn't hear him mm-hmm. and continues and black man and this guy has to like fend for himself and fight off. And then he has this kind of like hatred towards Aquaman because he's like, you're not protecting like the little people like us who are getting attacked on the water. Makes sense. Uh, the second origin is that he's an autistic orphan from in, in Arkham Asylum. Okay. Uh, that is fascinated with uh, the like with the ocean and with sea and like obsessed with Aquaman and Mara and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh they start to do experiments on him. They give him superpowers. And then he just goes out to become a pirate. Okay. Because comics. Yep. Uh, the most recent origin of him is more back in the line of the first one where he and his dad were fishermen. And there was Aquaman was like fighting somebody. I think. I think it was just like some nondescript villain. Shark boy. Lava Girl? Both of them. Team up. Ah! Uh, <laughs> so he's fighting them, and in the crossfire, Black Manta's dad gets killed. Okay. So then Black Manta has this huge revenge quest against... 
And there's this like really good conflict between the two of them throughout, like with, uh, involving Aquaman and the others, which is like a team of, uh, like people, like superpower, superheroes, villains mm-hmm. that Aquaman gets together to hunt Black Manta after Black Manta, I believe, killed Arthur Curry, his okay. dad. Um, so he's like on a revenge, and then. Like, it's just a constant back and forth of ex- escalating back and forth. I wonder if, because there's a lot of, like, reading or, like, looking at the titles of the next few volumes of Aquaman, I'm pretty sure it ex- escalates crazily to where it involves, like, a giant conflict. I hope so, because I love Black Manta. Mm-hmm. Now, Black Manta and Ocean Master. Can you name any other Aquaman villains? That's a thinking face if I ever saw one. Well, I mean, I already got Shark Boy. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's see. I'll tell you one. One is something that any person could just make a joke that it's a villain of Aquaman. So, Land Man? <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so what's, what's a kind of person that would kind of naturally be the nemesis of water? Fire. Something. Or... Like, ice. what's a person, like an actual physical person in real life, like... Not an actual named person, but like, what's a type of person that would be, that would anger sea life? Actually, Plastic ooh. Man. God <laughs> damn it. That is phenomenal. All right. Nailed Fisherman. It. Oh, okay. There's a villain called Fisherman. I'm going to show you his Wikipedia page. Okay. Yep. Hang on. That's his Wikipedia page. That's not very big. It fits on one page. He is a very nondescript person. Okay. Uh, has, like, jack shit for any, like, history. Uh, we don't even really know his name. What's, uh, what's his deal? So, uh, high-tech, high-tech equipment likes to lure people with, like, huh. technical lures uh, and things. Mm. Um, he fights, he fights Gnort, which is the canine, or like the dog Green Lantern. Uh, just, he fucking, I think, when was he created? 1965. So this was pretty far after the beginning of the Comics Code Authority, so I'm, so like, so like his fights and stuff were, seem to be very like episodic, where it's just like yeah. one issue thing. So that's kind of probably a result of the Comics Code Authority, where they couldn't end an issue with the bad guy on the on the top. Right. So like that's why a lot of comics comic characters in both DC and Marvel have a lot of just really bullshit villains mm-hmm. because they had to come up with these new villains that they could defeat every issue. Right. And I think Fisherman is one of them, and the other one is called Scavenger. Okay. Who has a little bit more. He actually has a name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is Mortimer. Mortimer the Scavenger. Uh, I like it. Does he have a fucking full name? Probably not. Oh, Peter Mortimer. There it is. <laughs> right in the top. <laughs> Peter Mortimer the Scavenger. Uh, so he he was a guy that was looking for a time decelerator that, like, when, when he lost, it decelerated him into nothing. Okay. Good old. And then he came back as comics. Uh... And then he fought for the thing again. And they just fought repeatedly. Just, you know, mm-hmm. no good plot 
revolving around him as just they're fighting for yeah. whatever he's doing. Yeah. Uh, he comes back later and he's like a good guy. And okay. it's like, neat. Cool. So you took away like the one of the four like main villains. I put in air quotes of Aquaman. But like they retcon that that with Hawkman that he runs a pedophile ring and films himself raping children. Oh. Because Comics if you make someone now. a good guy, you need to make him a bad guy real fucking hard by making him one of the most deplorable kind of people in the world. Uh, when was this? I'm going to look this up. It sounds relatively recent. So Mortimer 1968 was his first appearance. No, this was a while ago. Hmm. Yeah. Um, no, I can't see when this was. Wait, oh, wait, up, 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 uh, three and five, three and five, so 92 and 94. Oh, okay. yeah, and Hawkman and Aquaman, uh, that, Aquaman that, and Hawkman. That does sound like extreme 90s. Yeah, definitely. So. Like, what's the worst possible thing we can make this guy do? Yeah, rape children. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah. That's, that, that's what'll get. I, that's what I thought we were getting, building up to this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, boy. So that's all I got for Aquaman. That's his little backstory. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't finals week, I'd have a more interesting episode for you guys. But yep. I don't. You can live with it. Shut the fuck up. Yep. Matt, any questions that we can discuss a little bit for the last four minutes of the episode? Um. So we haven't seen this movie yet, which kind of limits some of the talking points that would be useful. But um, do you think that they're going to have to come up with some new villains if they burn through Ormond Black. That is my biggest complaint about this is they are using both of his main is the only villains that you can recognize in the first movie. And again, we haven't seen it yet. So it's entirely possible that like Black Manta, we get like a one or two fight scenes and then there's like a, I'll get you next time Aquaman and it comes back in the sequel. Swear to God, if they do that, I think, okay. So with, Orm, he's the half-brother who is kind of understandably entitled to the throne. Mm-hmm. So that's someone that could come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way I pitch it is they should have made Black Manta the main villain and have Orm just kind of there. Mm-hmm. And like almost like a Sinestro with the uh, okay. Sinestro Corps ring at the very end be like, oh, he's the next bad guy. Okay. Like that'll make sense because he's been there. You have him developed. You don't have to develop the villain anymore. He's already developed. Mm-hmm. You could just make him the bad guy now. Yep. Um, could honestly do it in reverse order too. Have Orm be the bad guy for this one and then have uh, Black Manta's dad get killed by collateral damage or something. They'd probably have to change it to a friend so he's like aged up enough. Yeah. That's a good point. Um, they could also go with the trench. Mm-hmm. Which uh, you see a glimpse of them in the trailers where it's like mm-hmm. you see like the red light with Aquaman diving down and yeah. then like they're all following him off the boat. Uh, that's the trench. That is a a race of undersea creatures that come from like the depths, depth, depths of the ocean mm-hmm. uh, that they're, it's like. Their skin is insanely hard because like to withstand the pressure. Mm-hmm. They don't have eyes because he can't see down there anyway. Right. Um. And they just like they just eat. And Monstrous they just horde. Eat. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's a pretty it's a good villain for Aquaman because it's like an overwhelming thing that's been not a threat for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they could do that with the next movie. However, they seeing as they put them in the like that clip 
kind of tells me that there's going to be a small conflict with them. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think I, I'm getting the vibe from this movie that they were not expecting to do a sequel mm-hmm. because of how the DCEU was going so far. Yeah, worlds sense. of DC, I apologize. Yeah. How the worlds of DC was going so far. They were just like, all right, we're making this one. Just put them all in there. Okay. Let's make it crazy. All right. Uh, if they do a second one, there's there's plenty of people they can use. Mm-hmm. Like, almost all of Peter David is not... Like, almost none of his stuff has either of them. Could do a uh, Jaws crossover. Don't even joke like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. And also, just... You could do the thing about like Aquaman is that he, he since seeing as even in the comics he only really has two main villains. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of crossovers. Yeah. Uh there's been crossovers with Lobo. Okay. Because he was raised with dolphins and yeah. Lobo has pet dolphins. Makes sense. So and also Jason Momoa would make a great Lobo, so. Loboso? What's a Loboso? It's like a lobotomy, but Spanish. <laughs> God damn it. That was, that was the best I could come that up with on the spot. That was terrible. That was terrible. What? I heard queso. Quieres uno oh. loboso. Well, I got nothing else. Okay. Um, I mean, honestly, we went over most of the stuff I was hoping to talk about anyway. Okay. Well, um, we are at like an hour now. Okay. So That's probably a reasonable place to, to shellst. Shellst? We? <laughs> you said it first and it threw me off. I know. <laughs> we shall. St- oh, what an episode. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to us try to explain Aquaman's deal. Uh, um, he's deal sure a thing, isn't he? Huh? Uh, he's sure a thing, isn't he? Yeah. We'll, we'll, is. we'll have more to talk about in our Aquaman review coming soon to years. Actually, the review is probably going to come out before the episode. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so uh, that'll be interesting. Yeah, so go back and listen to our Aquaman review if you haven't done that already and also our Into the Spider-Verse review which will also have been out by the time this episode's released god organizing a podcast is confusing yeah especially like at the end of the year when we're both gonna be out of town yep um right. yeah so you can find what do we do for you people and also love um <laughs> uh you can find this podcast on SoundCloud and iTunes and Podbean um we are on facebook uh we got just us losers you know how to search facebook and find us uh we post most of our stuff there for like we put links to the new episodes and uh if we're talking about something and we want input from our massive fan base we post it there um sometimes i write movie reviews or other things and i post those up there uh yes check that out we're also on twitter at justice losers pod and you know what? We're going to actually remember. We're going to do Twitter reviews now. So we're not going to remember, are we? <laughs> we'll try. Uh, check us out there. Maybe if we had more of a fan following, we'd feel obligated to to actually post stuff there. Guilt, guilt, guilt. Um, yeah. We're also on Instagram at Justice Losers Pod, uh, where we occasionally remember to post pictures. Uh, we have a Gmail, JusticeLosersPod at gmail.com, if you want to send things there. Don't know what sort of things you could send. Send donuts. Send nudes! Please don't. Don't! That would be terrible. <laughs> I do not want to open an email to that. Uh, let's see. Next week. Oh, next week's our Christmas special. Oh, shit! Tell us your favorite Chris's and how they 
Chris and what did Chris look like in Chris's? Yeah, so if you weren't familiar with our concept, we talk about the great Hollywood Chris's. Uh, we did Hemsworth and Pine Hemsworth, and Pine, Pratt. Evans and Pratt. Yep. If you've got another Chris that you think should be included on that list, tell us why on one or many of those mediums, and we probably Chris won't. Bozeman. That's how that goes. <laughs> Chris Hardwick. I don't know who that is. What? You don't know? Oh, man, we're going to have a talk on the way home. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so if you've got categories that you want us to rank the Chris's on, it uh, doesn't matter because we're recording that episode Chris before Angel. we release this one. Please no. <laughs> uh, but yeah, look for look for that coming next week. And then after that, we're doing our year in review, which we're also recording That's before real. this episode. There we go. That's the real magic one. Crispy chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so I guess you can't... Crystallized structures. Stop. <laughs> we're never getting through this uh, so if you want to offer input on any of those episodes it's too late because those episodes have already been recorded by the time this one's released tell us for next year uh, yeah if you've got episode ideas you want us to do in the next year please tell us on one or many of the mediums because we are eventually going to run out of ideas and so we need more input from you our loving fans just you winners yep Yep. Uh, I think that's all the things I'm supposed to say, so thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Say it. I have a thing I want to say. Bye. By the time you hear from us, or by the time we hear from you, it'll be 2019. Happy New Year! (laughs)